Hello and welcome to Panelism. This is a podcast where we talk about comics and graphic novels we are reading. I am Todd A. And I'm Taylor Trask. Uh, welcome, Taylor. This is sort of uh, I, our second official episode as Panelism. Yeah. I um, I can't get over the irony that we used to joke like in our very, very first episodes about what our name should be and how we, we joke. There was a running joke of we change the name every week. Yeah. And, uh, um, and we really didn't really do that to the show. No, uh, but we have now made another, uh, you know, hard change. And um, so I just keep I keep thinking like, ah, I think we cursed ourselves. It's two, not two as and bad a half years ago. No no, 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 no. It's not. It's not bad. No, no, no. And it, it encapsulates so much more of what we are doing and want to do. And it will make so much sense. Um, oh, I can't wait. And it's, yeah. it, it definitely is. And it's it, the biggest change is that people will be able to find us a lot faster and cleaner and not yes. have to ask, you know, wait, which one are you guys? Like, that's not for something you want to hear, even if the name is good. And somebody goes, yeah, like, you know, you don't hear people going, yeah, I'm going to go to Target. Wait, which Target are you going to? The, the one down the, it's, oh, it's, it's just Target. And we're just the, paneling. Yeah. Are you the Beatles with the two E's or the A? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we the other big change is our, in our format is that instead of doing two books in one episode, we're doing two smaller episodes. Yeah. Every week with one book each. So hopefully make let you know gives people like they they know they can. This one is the perfect length for me to drive to work with, or yep. you know walk on the treadmill with, or whatever. So this is uh, a, 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 we're just talking about a book that I'm talking about. So it's all up to me right now. It's all on my shoulders. <laughs> so much power, Todd. So much I know, control. I, know. <laughs> I just, I had that, that was me realizing in the moment, like, oh, I could really tank this. Um, <laughs> uh, I have read for us this week, uh, a Mockingbird, uh, written by Chelsea Kane with the art by, bear with me here, Cart, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I <laughs> mispronounced the easy name, Cart Murfer. Uh, it's Kate uh, Niemschick. <laughs> Um, Kate Cart, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I love how you, I love I love how like you're so was, concerned about the Neeb chick that you screwed up the Kate part of that. I, I felt <laughs> my eyes look back like I hit the K and then I hit Art in my notes and went <laughs> K Art. Uh, our brains are weird. To a stunning anyway, start. Well, then, hey, you know what? Uh, we, you, it, there's a screw up in every episode. We got over <clears> it. We had it out of the way. We're in the clear. It's nothing yeah. but blue skies from this point on. Smooth, smooth uh, seas or whatever. Um, Kate Niemchik, I think, is how we're gonna say it. And uh, right. Chelsea Kane is the writer. This is a big two book. So I probably had a big two book recently, but I can't really remember what I had. Um, no, you you had the last big two book. You had talked about the Ultimates a couple I episodes did. ago. Um, wow. Okay, that's crazy. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I well, you know what? I'll just read the back cover. <laughs> With a scientific mind and a lethal mastery of martial arts, Bobby Morse has always been one of Shield's best agents, but now she's going solo. When someone close to her is murdered, Bobby discovers some strange goings on in the peacekeeping organization's own medical and recovery network. But when Lance Hunter's undercover gig at the London Hellfire Club goes south, Mockingbird sets off, battle staves at the ready to save Hunter and the Queen of England uh, from helping out a uh, teen-driven bonkers by her own new powers to doing a little dog sitting. Bobby shows she's a woman of many talents. Okay, but basically, so Shield Gate, agent, I'm interested. That's yeah, Sh Shield That's agent, uh, uh, sometime Avenger, once married to Hawkeye. I, this is firmly in the like. To me, that sort of that second layer of the marvel onion you know where there's like there's all the superheroes that have actual superpowers and then you start finding out like oh they've they've told a lot of stories about you know the humans that work with those 
superheroes, mm-hmm. you know, in the various agencies. Um, so I had always sort of uh, uh, not really, you know, Mockingbird was like a, a bit player to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I got the I got volume one because I knew there there's this controversy that I'll get into a little bit, not even controversy, but just a bunch of people being jerks on the Internet um, right when this first trade paperback came out. And this sort of, you know, there was this great idea of like, hey, everybody just buy it on this day and let's put it at number one on Amazon and teach these trolls, you know, <laughs> who's buying com- comics. And uh, so I had done that and it, it sat on my shelf and I kept thinking like, how, you know, I'll get to it. I didn't even know if it would be appropriate for our show because it's, again, it's like big two and it's, you know, it's a side character. I didn't, I didn't really know what I was in for. Um, it turns out, I could not have been more wrong. I so super enjoyed this book. Um, it also, the the cover of the trade paperback was done by Joel Jones, um, whose art I really like. And I liked it. I like, I love the art to it, but there was definitely this, there's like a spy movie kind of theme. There's Mockingbird, yeah. you know, with her stave. I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say it reminds me of Kingsman, like right out of the yeah. gate. You know how much I love that. Exactly. Yeah. You can tell there's sort of some dudes in suits running that look like to be secret agents, a car crash and her fighting and some rockets launching. And it's it's very spy movie esque, but over the top, you know, mm-hmm. and I sort of you know, had in my head like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, it, and it it might give you the hint, even though I knew I knew just from what I had heard about it, that it was going to have very feminist themes in it. It, you know, it almost looks like it's like, I don't know, it's not even really close to cheesecake. I'll get into that too a little bit later, but it just had that feeling of like, okay, there's, you know, are, are is this going to be safely feminist and not, um, you know, in a, in a way that I like and not, uh, it's not going to lean too hard into the like, s- s- you know, satire of something that ends up being sexist itself. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. It's a strange thing, but there's a comic that I won't mention because I know it's uh, it's generally regarded as a satire, but it's almost like incredibly sexist itself. Mm-hmm. And and so whenever I hear it talked about as a satire, I'm like, yeah, but it's all just cheesecakey, you know, drawings of women. I don't. <laughs> how is this a satire? Like, if you want to see that, then you're going to see it anyway. Uh, Mocking, you Mockingbird is not that. That's all I want to say. Are, are you ahead. are you yeah. talking about uh, the Dark Knight <laughs> Strikes Again? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm not, but that's a hilarious poll. I was just um, like, anything Frank Miller. Let me just think through, like, what's what are some of his most offensive? <laughs> like, oh my god, he, he, yeah, he. But <laughs> his are more racially offensive. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, the uh, so I'm going to get you even more excited about this book, which is uh, there's a great I and well, I, I don't even want to try to figure it out, but there's a, a letter. Um, I think it's at the end uh, of this, of the trade paperback. Cause there's oh, oh man, there's so many goodies. I'll get to them too. But there's a letter from Chelsea Kane, the writer. And she talks about how she pitched the, her first arc to Marvel. And um, the person she was pitching it to goes, Oh, a, it's a puzzle box a- episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and she sort of didn't even know that term, but she'd written a puzzle box. So what happens is the first issue is like these crazy vignettes where the you know that the theme with uh, Bobby Morse is that Shield has this uh, protocol with her, which is anytime we buzz you on this like super secret communicator, no matter what you're doing, like 
seriously, middle of the night, middle of the mission, it doesn't matter. You have to drop what you're doing and come report to us. We have to do a medical checkup on you. Hmm. And every time she does it, they're checking, you know, it's like head to toe, all this blood work and um, all these tests and there, and then there's this battery of psychological tests and also like meta uh, psychological tests or whatever, parapsychology, you know, sort of um, think of the Ghostbusters when uh, Bill Murray's like looking at the, he has the shapes on the cards and oh, yeah. trying to get the people to read their minds. Um, so that all this kind of stuff, like they're testing to see if she has, you know, telepathy, but they're also testing all her blood work and everything. And she doesn't know what's going on. She's getting more and more irritated by that. Plus the fact that she's in the middle of these missions. So the first issue she's, you know, it opens up and she's in, um, one outfit. Like she's in like an underwater, like undersea sort of like scuba outfit. And she, when she's walking into shield headquarters to get tested and then there'll be this thing that's like five days earlier. And it shows the waiting room of the medical office, like at shield. And there's always some, you know, funny jokes like Hercules is always there. And somehow he's always hurt. Like he's holding an ice pack on his head or he's got his arm in a sling or something. Mm -hmm. And every time she's in a different outfit and then it'll say, you know, uh, shield medical waiting room, you know, 10 days earlier, you know, five days later. And you're sort of like, you're mixed up on the time. Like when did all this happen? But then what, and every time you can tell something's weird. She's always in a different outfit. She might have different weapons with her. She's getting increasingly irritated. Of course, um, they're measuring her paranoia. So you can see it's like going off the charts. And one of the very cool graphic things about this is so much of this whole series of Mockingbird with, uh, with you know, as written by Chelsea and, and drawn by Cart um, is uh, like there are just visual jokes and great graphic design and stuff. So when she's having a medical test, for example, there might be a little just sort of the graphic design of the paranoia chart or um you know, I, I'm struggling to, as I flip through to find one, but just anything that might be uh, like, you know, there, there will be diagrams of the building that she's in or something. And just a little bit more than most big two comics have in them these days. Nice. Like there's a great throwback to sort of 70s comics where they show the secret base and they as a cutaway, you know, and it's like the mountain, the side of the mountains like cut off sort of. James Bond style and you can see all the secret layers in it and they're all labeled, which mm -hmm. was just a big thing in seventies and eighties comics. Mm -hmm. um, and seventies and eighties toys too. Like they always yeah. like he and GI Joe toys, you know, you look at the box and it does the same. I'm very familiar with that effect. Totally. And it's uh, so there's just all this like, you know, modern graphic design and also just uh, shout outs to stuff like that. So anytime, even when there's something quiet going on, like she's just sitting in a waiting room, you're kind of looking around the margins to find out where are all the jokes and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. one time she shows up with a dog. <clears throat> so you don't really know where this is going, but what happens then is then in the next, uh, uh, four issues, I guess, I guess this is issue. This is a uh, one through five. Um, she is then, uh, every issue explains what happened in those days before she had to report. Okay. So they're all individual missions, but because of that first issue, they're all tied together with this like larger theme. So as I read on the back about um, what's his name, uh, uh, Lance Hunter, who's a boyfriend of hers, who's just this hilarious like beefcake sort of, you know, it's like the real beefy, uh, uh, handsome man who's constantly shirtless. You know, she's it's it's a total flip on the spy uh, trope of, you know, the just beautiful women like kind mm -hmm. of hanging around or whatever. And so he's a, a former lover of hers. And uh, like when she goes to the London Hellfire Club to rescue him, 
<clears throat> he's being like he's tied up and he's being initiated, but it's a, uh, a sado masochistic ritual. Mm -hmm. And so he's being whipped and, you know, she steps forward to administer some lashings or something. And then she ends <laughs> up, you know, letting, letting him go. And she's, but there's, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a great, like there's, you know, funny uh, sexual roles that have been reversed and, you know, just a uh, not, in any pushy way, but like a definitely like empowering message. And I mean, kind you know, of, I'm reminded yeah. of, um, of Chris Pine and wonder woman, as you're saying that, like it has sort of yeah. that same kind of feeling of like, Oh, we're just going to flip the script a little bit. And, and, and in a way that's not like, that's just appropriate. You know, it's like, Oh, it's about time. You know, the tables are turned. It is definitely I, what I was so impressed by. And like I said, when I, you know, my impressions of the cover and stuff and uh, was, as I read it, what I was so impressed by was how, well they walk that line where it's it's not even as like it's it's even funnier than the chris pine role oh nice uh, or, or just in a different you know i mean it's it's yeah. it's cheesier it's cornier you know it's it's definitely played up for the you know lance is in his like tight underwear all throughout the series uh which is like a little british union jack flag you know and he's just in the the <laughs> jockeys um yeah, yeah, yeah. and anytime hawkeye is shown He's generally also uh, naked, but for his boxer briefs, which are <laughs> an American flag, you know, so that's how you can tell them apart because they're both just beefcakes. Um, there's a, <clears throat> a joke that kind of runs through here where she calls Lance, like she's in bed with Lance and she calls him Clint. And he's oh, like, geez. you know, that's your ex-husband's name, you know, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, OK, good night, Clint. And, um, you know, like <laughs> gives it to him again. And um, it's uh, so it's it just really, really uh, walks that line well, where it is funny and willing to be corny and cheesy at times and go for some sort of obvious jokes, but, but package them all in this way that, that really is about like a strong woman who's not taking any shit from the men in her life. And I just all works really well. Like the tone is so balanced. Um, which is why, why it's so funny that this was targeted and she was, uh, the writer was targeted with so much harassment by these like comics gate goons who think that this is some, you know, denunciation of men or something like that. Like it's so clearly playful, but with its heart in the right place. And like I said, the tone is just perfectly balanced. It's not strident, you know, it's not preaching. Um, so it's just totally stupid that this got, targeted with this stuff. So this volume one is this puzzle box. And I thought it was just so satisfying. Like every issue is a different adventure. You know, she ends up when she's in the sadomasochistic gear gets in these secret tunnels in London and uh, you know, where they exit is uh, actually in the queen's bedroom. Um, so oh, neat. <laughs> the Lance Hunter has to crawl out in his like leather jockey shorts you know and his collar on like his mm -hmm. you know s&m gear and she's in her dominatrix gear um but then the queen is so uh grateful for them you know saving the country that she gifts <laughs> them so one cool. of her corgis and so now you understand like why she was in the waiting room in the first issue oh, in dominatrix gear with a corgi with her you know so it's that kind of thing like you're putting these pieces of the puzzle back together from issue one as you're reading each subsequent issue and they're not difficult to understand, you know, it's not like you're not on the hunt for something. This isn't yeah. like difficult Easter eggs. It's just enough of everything, you know? Um, 
Yeah. So it's, but the overarching thing is that as she's, what you don't know, the mystery that's hidden from you is that she's putting together the pieces of why shield is testing her okay. uh, biologically and parapsychologically. parapsychologically. So that too ends up being like, there's a couple things. Um, I'll just, I'm, I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but some powers manifest mm-hmm. like she, you know, as they're testing her parapsychologically, she ends up being able to to do some stuff. Do they try to tie that? Because I know on agents of shield, the TV show, Ooh. they were trying pretty hard to get Adrian Palicki, um to, I mean, she was cast as this character and I oh. think they were trying to set up a storyline where they were going to try to do a little bit more deliberate uh, tying into inhumans. Does, do you get the sense oh. of that here? Or does that spoil it too well, much? I don't know that it, I, I wasn't aware of that. So I didn't know that it was tying into anything. I think there is sort of Canon backstory, um, I'm not really sure how how far back this goes. Okay, whether it's canon backstory or just invented for this volume. Like I assume it's canon going forward. But basically, they do say you were given a treatment of super soldier serum and some other oh. serum because she had in canon been killed. Okay, and so there's this sort of you know backstory here, which is we gave you these uh, this volatile mixture of these two serums to bring you back from the brink of death. And we're not really sure what it did to your biology. That's why we have to test you all the time. A little bit of uh, Ghost in the Shell action. Yeah. So when it starts to, um, when this power manifests, it's it, that's the mystery to the reader. Like it, nice. that's what's so satisfying. I think about this arc is that there's a really obvious visual thing that like anyone can put together. If, you know, you don't have to be that careful of a reader. You can keep putting the things back in the puzzle box, putting the puzzle together, however that metaphor works, from the first issue. But there's there's deliberately a mystery held back from you that you're also discovering. Like she's, you know, Bobby is not telling you everything in her narration. So you're putting that together too. Um, and that's where I just um I, you know, that that I love too. Like it was a it was a very cool mystery. It's not a goofy, th- it's not like a goofy superhero origin story of like. Oh, and that's how they got this new power that they have or something. You know, it yeah. just, I just worked for the arc. And when it's over, you kind of know, like it's over, you yeah. know, that's, that's it. And um, yes, now it's canon that she's had the super soldier serum and whatever, but the powers mystery is kind of solved and over and it's not going to go on past that, which I thought was really great. So it was, this book was canceled after uh, eight issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually canceled, I think much earlier, like maybe even on like four or five, like within the first arc. So when we, let's be clear, let's kind of clarify that it, it was meant to run a lot longer or was eight issues kind of the original order. And they're like, Hey, create and like, cause no. with American comics and especially big two, you always have to wonder like, what was the, you know, was this meant to be over at a certain point or was this like, you know, volume one of 35 that we have planned if this is successful. Well, and it's hard to say whether it was planned. You know, mm-hmm. like if they, uh, sorry, sorry. It's hard to say if it was planned, like if they, not that just that they had planned out 35 issues, for example, yeah. I think they had definitely written more issues than they had. Um, it was not meant to be a mini series. Okay. <clears throat> it was one of those where, you know, the big two will often do a title. That's like a minor character. They'll give them a solo title and you get the impression like that it's going to, it's just going to run for a while, but it's also sort of an experiment and seeing if there's an audience for this character. Mm. So this is, this is where I think the story is going to get to where you're like, I'm I, hopefully I'm going to intrigue you. Like I know my audience and you're going to, 
you're going to love this next part. So it was canceled after eight issues. Um, but what I wanted to say was I, so I went ahead and got volume two of this mm-hmm. and, uh, it was, so what it ends up having is they must have known the cancellation was coming. And in volume two, it is, uh, three issues of the mocking like it's the next three issues volume one is one through five volume two is six seven eight and then there's two issues of the new avengers that mockingbird is in okay um that were not done by the same creative team Whoa. so those those first three issues like six seven eight of volume two um are a mini story or just an arc in its own like a mini arc you know an arc is usually five or six issues this is just three but it is uh it is just a pure detective story. Mm-hmm. Like it's that thing of, um, you know, a detective has, has been given a strange invitation that they know to be suspicious and they should not actually accept. In this case, she accepts an invitation to take a cruise uh, the weekend that Hawkeye is on trial for murdering Bruce Banner, which is like a civil war two theme or something. Um so it's so she's given a mystery to solve like on this cruise ship and she's taking it as like I need to distract myself from Hawkeye's trial but um it's uh you know it's also related to Hawkeye's trial because she's being given information by this person that's a you can't really tell is either a supporter of Hawkeye or you know wants him dead because he killed Bruce Banner and you know there's like a vigil for the Hulk on board the ship and it's also like there's all this cosplay on the ship and there are also these many running in jokes like Paul and Storm uh, are on the ship and um, I don't know exactly who they are. Are they a musical duo or like they're, they're a real life thing. Uh, anyway. Captain Antoniel. Here they are. Yeah. Everybody. And uh, sorry, Paul and Storm. Uh, but like uh, John Roderick is on <laughs> like famous podcast and musician <laughs> podcaster oh, and musician. So oh. like at first they're thrown in and you're like, Oh, that's funny. Like the, the, you know, same graphic sort of playfulness. There's like a, the cruise itinerary every morning of like today on the cruise ship, here are the activities, you know, on the Lido deck, we're doing this and John Roderick will be hosting whatever. And you're like, Oh, that's funny. And then it turns out like they're all characters later. Oh, Nate. Like she brings them all into the, you know, the lineup, the gallery of like the rogues gallery of, of who could have done it. Um, so it's a, it's a cool mystery. And it's told with the same kind of humor and everything. Uh, but there's definitely this sense of like, this was interrupted. Mm-hmm. And then it is so obvious. Like I mentioned about the, you know, the, the worry that this would be sort of wrapped in some cheesecake art or something early on. When I opened up new Avengers, the very first episode, it was so clear how cheesecakey normal superhero art is mm-hmm. like, there's just a couple of angles of, of, you know, female superheroes in that where you're like, Oh man, they just drew this to focus on her butt you know, or boobs or something. Mm-hmm. And after reading eight issues of Mockingbird where you're like, it, it's, it looks cartoony and there's some, there's some beefcake stuff, but it's, I think it's played with the right tone. It was just obviously like what the difference between uh, a, a good art is. And then like the male gaze of, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. cheesecake art mm-hmm. that they know they can get away with. And I honestly, I, I, I was reading the new Avengers issue and then started doing that thing where I'm moving like faster through it and, and uh, just kind of scrolling. I, it was digital. Um, and then I just put it down. I was like, I don't care. You know, it just doesn't suit this after you've read Mockingbird, which was just so funnily feminist. You know, it ends with um, her in bed with both Clint 
and uh, <laughs> what's his name? I keep freaking his Lance. I keep wanting to call him Logan, Lance Hunter and Clint and her. And she's like, it's, you know, it's that thing where it's like kind of, it keeps moving out one step of every panel, you know, where they're like, they're in the same room. And then yeah. you see like, there's a close up on her feet and she's like, rub my feet boys. And then it's like, <laughs> then the next panel is like outside the chalet that they're in or whatever. Uh, so you see like the window and then she's like harder Clint, you know, and then it's uh, kind of back one more thing. And it's, as you know, sort of the camera is withdrawing, and all you know is that she's in a house with both of her former lovers. That's amazing. Um, and she's making them take care of her because she has rescued both of them essentially. You know, I mean, how okay, who honestly looks at that as anything but just funny welcome? You know, it's like it's a welcome twist. Like, who like who looks at that and goes, Oh, my masculinity is like yeah. this is this is awful. Like, who I and, mean, and also I don't understand. Twist, like it's also a twist that's not like it's not sexist in reverse. So I don't even think you can play that card at it because it's just so obvious. Once you flip over the next page into the new Avengers and you see that they've deliberately drawn, like, I can't even remember who it was. If it's mockingbird or it's, you know, uh, a black widow or somebody you've, de they've deliberately drawn her from this angle that like is focused on her breast from the oh, side. God. And it's like, oh. yeah, but even when they were, you know, in the mockingbird, these sort of like this feminist tale when they have those playful things of Clint and, and uh, Lance, it's not shown like where his like penis bulge is like, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not drawn in that way where it's like literally objectifying him. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, it's yeah, exactly what it's kind of like you asked, like when I, when we talked about chaotic good a couple episodes ago, like how do people actually get mad about this stuff? So well, let me, let me throw a, a quick counterpoint in. And I say this only because I just last night watched that excellent He-Man uh, oh, yeah. documentary on Netflix that uh, was a kind of an expanded version of that toys. We love episode. So in that documentary, they get into the launch of She-Ra. And it's a really important part of the piece because what I had forgotten a little bit, but I was like, as they were describing, I'm like, oh my God, this was me too. Um, She-Ra, the stories and the animation were actually better than the original He-Man cartoon because at that point, that team had just gotten really oh, good at doing what they're doing. Yeah. And so the stories were always a little more sophisticated. And I remember at the time, both as a kid watching it, but then even, you know, you talk to your friends and even now, everybody's quick to say, oh, I actually, and I, I was a huge hardcore He-Man fan, but I actually liked the She-Ra cartoon better mm. because the stories were deeper a little bit more sophisticated like everything and it was there was nothing at all wrong with liking Shira as much if not more because it's like oh shoot this is this is just taking what i loved and making it even better because he-man was still involved but it's like a lot of times like she, what Shira was fighting against was a little bit more important and there was never ever this idea of well you know this is i never there was no protest of like you know this what is what message are we sending to little boys if we have a girl? Right. Like, that was never the case. Never once. Yeah. And it's even to the point now, and this is a really bizarre sort of twist, where Netflix is doing a, a She-Ra cartoon reboot, and a lot of people are mad about it because it looks really cheap. And it yeah. does not give the character the the sort of importance that I think and, – and, and a lot of men are leading that charge going, no, 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 we want this, mm. but we want it to be serious like Voltron and not like whatever this is. And there's this kind of weird – like it's almost in the reverse where like a lot of men you know, in their 30s and 40s who were kids at, you know, during He-Man are like, hey, I, I would love a She-Ra cartoon that treats this shit like right. as seriously as it did back then, only just you know, with 2018 in mind. All that to be said, it's odd that there's an entire generation of men who grew up – 
with that going, oh, this is how I've like, who respected a female character um, launching off of and becoming somewhat more successful than the original thing. And yet we have this situation with Mockingbird where it's like, really? Still? Like this is, how can this be a thing? I just, I, I'm so baffled by that. And see at the time I was like, I didn't really hear the noise before Chelsea Kane left Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so she left Twitter. They kind of helpfully point out in an article I'm going to mention um, like three weeks, I think before the election of 2016. Oh, geez. And, and there was this big deal about uh, uh, <laughs> remember that show, that shirt, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't talk today. The shirt I wore when we did our little photo session, this is asking me about my feminist agenda. Yeah. So yeah. there's a mockingbird issue where she's wearing that shirt very famously. This is sort of like, this is when, the troll attacks on her hit peak level is because Mockingbird is in that T-shirt that says "Ask me about my feminist agenda." Oh, neat! And that's why I got that that shirt at the time. And it, uh, so uh, that was sort of the apex of the criticism when that single issue came out. But she, they already knew the series was canceled, and she just got off Twitter. Um, and so this is where this is where the, I think the story why I picked this at this moment and why I think you're going to dig it even more is that. This uh, is so Chelsea Kane and a different creative, like a different art team, but they were working on a vision series to follow the Tom King series that we read and discussed on this podcast. Mm. And it was canceled by Marvel before it was ever published. And they'd only done four issues. What? And it was going to be focused on uh, vision and his daughter. And oh. the same team was writing it. And I was like, this sounds so awesome. So they may, it's one of those weird things where it's like that, you know, their reasoning may have been kind of flawed for why they canceled it. They may have canceled it because pre-sales weren't that great, but we all know that the pre-sale scheme is like, it's such a dumb way to measure that because yeah. oh, unless you're a hardcore fan, you don't go in and say, please pre-order this copy. Yeah. For like that's how you have to show, you know, so you, the only people who are ever going to be excited about a title before it launches are super hardcore fans who are reading the news that it will even to even know that it might be launching. Yeah. And I'm taking it from your reaction. You didn't know it was launching. I didn't know it was launching. No. We're in a comic book store every week. We're just not reading that news because we're more, you know, even though we're interested in this Marvel title, we're more focused on, you know, independent uh non big two publishers yeah but even okay but even if i knew it was coming out my first quarter i'd be like well who why why are they doing it who's behind it like because yeah. that vision series was so compact yeah. wonderful as it was i'd be like okay well if they're going to do a, a sequel i really got to know the details as to what's like i'm going to be well, i'm gonna you're going to wait till an issue or two comes out and you're yeah. going to go through those and then decide whether to buy in or not exactly so they cancel it and then <laughs> chelsea kane um, it's just sort of like brushed under the rug and it's not like they canceled it because she's feminist or whatever. It's like, they just canceled because that's the big two system, you know? And so she tweets last week, you know what I just realized? I think that Marvel thought I would be quiet about this whole killed vision comic thing because I was quiet after mockingbird was canceled. Let me clarify. I was quiet then because I was scared, not of you, Marvel of the internet. Mm. I'm not scared of either of you anymore. Mm. So she just came out and said, Marvel killed this. You didn't even know about this book here. You know, here's what's going on behind the scenes. Like there's no transparency into this process. So that's why the corporations get to keep like the old boys club 
persists because we don't have any like view into it, you know? Yeah. So you can't even yeah. judge it as like, you can't even say it was canceled because it had feminist themes or it was canceled for a legitimate like sales reason or because they're taking the characters in a different direction. You don't even know because there's no transparency to it. They just assume that their creators will keep quiet when this happens by dangling the carrot of we'll give you another series later. And there's just no real promise. Like, so she wow. comes out and says, I'm a successful author. Like she's a novelist. Yeah. She, she came to comics from that. So this doesn't damage her income and like her uh, future employment, you know, or employability. So she decided to speak up this week about, you know, for basically for freelancers. Cause she was like freelancers who go, you know, four books into something thinking they're going to have income for the next two years. And then it gets canceled. They they're, encouraged not to speak about that project getting canceled because they think, well, then I damage my chances of getting a bigger or, or not even bigger, but just any work from Marvel in the future. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I definitely think if you're interested in all this, go to the daily beast and just search for I'm dead to Marvel <laughs> because that is the title of this article. It's Chelsea game. I'm dead to Marvel. Trust me. And then the second thing that made this uh, Mockingbird like a really timely pick this week was that her new book with the same creative team from Mockingbird uh, is being published by Image, and it is called Maneaters. It is about <laughs> a world where, <laughs> this gets even better, where uh, when little girls get their period, they become like uh, uh, werecats, where they are able to transform <laughs> into man-eating giant cats. It's almost like she heard the criticism, you know, the the ill warranted criticism for Mockingbird. I was like, all right, fine. If that's what you want, that's what you think this is, then I'm just gonna make literally that. Just to I'm, yeah, exactly. That's Here exactly it what it is. I'm gonna oh, you think this is about women eating men? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're calling it part cat people, part handmaid's tale. <laughs> oh my god. Issue I, number one just came out. My comic book shop, I was so wow. hoping to read this this week to talk about it on the show, even though I've run really long. Um, but my comic book shop sold out like immediately. Wow. So they had a special order one for me. Um, so you may face the same thing. But uh, yeah, that is, that's where I wanted to wrap it up. Damn. Um, I think, you know, when we're talking about like, if you liked a different, I want to make a, a really weird association here, which is if you like Archer, I think you will like Mockingbird. Ooh, like that's a great same, reference point. Same feeling of uh satirizing the spy tropes, mm -hmm. even though Archer goes like way heavy, like you know, like they just amp up the sexism, the you know, chauvinistic sexism. And this one kind of goes the opposite way and puts a, a woman in charge. Mm -hmm. But basically, like if if Lana were if, if Archer were the series oh, Lana, <laughs> this man, might be I love it. That. I love um, that. But just so many inside jokes and stuff. And and also, I, I wanted to mention Chew, which is really, uh, you know, left turn kind of thing. But Chew just did a great thing where there were tons of Easter eggs. Like, you really had to scan the margins of every panel to see all the jokes they were making. And I think that's something that's, you know, really important in uh, Mockingbird. I would say uh, I didn't really enjoy Volume 2. I So, Volume 1, um, sorry, I'm going to take a question away from you here, Taylor. But Volume 1, I got physically and really enjoyed it in that physical um, form. I think you could enjoy it digitally. I got volume two digitally mm -hmm. and I'm glad I did because those two new Avengers issues are, I'm just never going to read them. Mm -hmm. So I would hate to have this big paperback 
you know, sitting on my shelf mm-hmm. that I, half of I'm not going to read. Yeah. And, and even though that little mystery story on the cruise ship is just as fun and, and everything, it doesn't have that sort of satisfying puzzle box feeling to it. So I, I think volume one, you're going to like, you can feel if you read volume one, like, you know what, this was the wrap up. And there's a sort of epilogue that takes place with this short story they did later, but it's not, you know, this one felt like volume one feels like I'm, I'm satisfied with this, <laughs> you know, it's all here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's uh mockingbird by Chelsea Kane and Kate, uh, cart, Kate, uh, Nimshik. um, Marvel 2016. Get it. Well, it's certainly on my pull list now, and I can't wait to. I, I was thinking Kingsman, but I think Archer is, is a much more apropos comparison. Well, actually, see, I, of course, I go to Archer, you go to Kingsman, but I think Kingsman might be might be really, really good too because it does have that. There's the cheeky sense of humor. That's what I meant. Not not like corny or or whatever yeah, I said or yeah. cheesy. It's cheeky, yeah. and so I think there's that cheeky sense of humor. Um, but you know, plenty of action and everything like that. So it's it's uh, yeah, I would say Kingsman is definitely a good reference. And I would also say if you if you want the artifact, get the physical for sure. But there's probably nothing wrong with reading Volume One digitally, like because it is a big two. The guided view is probably going to work great. And you know, it did it did for me for Volume Two. I just you know, it just worked out the way it worked out. I'm glad I don't have both as paperbacks. <laughs> awesome. Well, another great book is in the can. Um, go and grab that on New Comics Day this week or whenever you're listening. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Just uh, search for Panelism and uh, you'll get us. Not Coffee and Comics Club anymore. I think we're going to change the name there. So Panelism's <laughs> everywhere. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast. Um, I think Spotify soon, hopefully. You know, I yeah. talk about that. And then you can also find all our shows at findusthere.org. Subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell us what you think. If there's a book you want to hear us review, let us know. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am by Taylor Trask. And I am Hey Todd A on those places. But yeah, tell us what you want to hear us do. Fantastic. Well, it's another great panelism episode, Todd. I'll see you next week. Excellent. Excellent.